Here we are back again. It's the Philosopher's Stone podcast with myself, Jordan Strauss, and the ethereal Sam Laboon. Wow, thank you. Ethereal. Don't know what My it means, but plan. I've heard it's a uh, I've heard it I've heard it used in a in a complimentary tone before, so I figured why not throw it out there. Maybe it hits hits something accurately. I think it means like of of a higher plane, like a a more developed being from a higher plane okay ethereal plane well i'd just like to go on record that i would like to take off about 25 percent of the complimentary tone of that because that's (laughs) quite excessive honestly to say that you're some sort of you're on some sort of different dimensional brain function ah i'm certainly on the lower plane what's the opposite of ethereal i've had terrible sleeps for like weeks now Good, good question. Um, that's a. It's from D and D, ethereal plane. I'm just googling right now. Ethereal plane. Uh, what are all the different planes? That's a good question. Well, all I know is there's Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno. I don't think that's. that's what, a, I don't know if that's a plane, but he, there's seven levels in there, isn't there? Seven circles of hell, or are there nine circles? Yeah. Oh, here we go. Um, there's the material plane uh-huh. and its echoes, the transitive planes, the inner planes, known as the elemental planes, and finally the outer planes, all of which are positive or negative with the D&D alignments. Uh, hmm. Also, the aeroplanes. <laughs> Uh, yes. Oh, well, you're, well, why did we miss last week? You were sick, right? Did you get COVID? I was you, really sick. Did you ever confirm if it was COVID or not? Um, I didn't get a test. I think it's yourself? flu. Sorry? Have you ever taken a, a COVID test before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Never tested positive. Really? It's a thrill. It's a real thrill to see those double lines show up. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly why I didn't do it. <laughs> you probably had COVID. Everybody has it right now, I feel like. Uh, I think it was flu. I think I had flu. You went old I school had, with it, eh? I've only been... I've, it's the first time I've been sick in three years. Holy shit. So you've never got COVID? I probably get it. Uh, I probably did get it. I'm probably just one of the asymptomatic people. Ugh. You son of a bitch. Because there are lots of people who are, are totally asymptomatic. They don't even know that they had it. Interesting. And so yeah. what kind of deal did you make with the devil for that superpower? Where where does karma take its pound of flesh for that deal? Well, uh, daily life can be a bit of a struggle sometimes. Yeah, I um, hear that. <laughs> uh, but I get a lot of my, my awkwardness and... Uh, alien-like orientation towards the world gives me a lot of comedy material, so maybe there's something to it. <laughs> alien-like orientation towards the world? That's a good. That's good. That's good stuff. I would agree. That is what you have. <laughs> You're like a pretty good fake human, but not yeah. perfect. You're, you're in the uncanny valley. Your personality is in the uncanny valley. That's true. I don't know what, I don't know what, maybe there's something in the way I look or the way I walk or something, but I feel like 
people think I'm trying to like pick fights with them when I walk around. <laughs> so many people fuck with me when I walk around. It's insane. Did you ever consider you just have a very bullyable face? It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> I cannot go out for a walk without people like just doing weird stuff to me while I'm walking. It's, Are you it's making so extended eye contact with crazy people? No, I don't look at anybody. I like I have a I even walk with like a slight smile on my face. So that's probably the problem, dude. (laughs) People are probably like, what the fuck are you laughing at? Hmm. That's true. Yeah. I should glower more. Just be neutral. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's what I'll, I'll go for a more neutral expression. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a try. See what your alien friends think of that. Report back to Zornoth. <laughs> Zornoth. Yeah, what does he know? Uh, <clears throat> well, I had an exciting week last week. Has it been last week? How long ago was this now already? Time is just flying by. <clears throat> Two Saturdays ago, I recorded my debut comedy album and shot it as a special too. So that's going to be exciting release in 2024. Mm. Do you so, have a date? Uh, they just have to release it according to the contract. I know that they've gone over before, but uh, they were supposed to be putting it out, at least the audio portion, within 90 days of recording it. So we'll see if that happens. Um, did two shows in Penticton. Was pretty happy with both shows. It's very hard to critique your own work, but... Yeah, you had to go. I had to go through that process of taking the recording from the late show and the recording from the early show, and just going joke by joke and picking which one I like better. Um, but there was only one joke of all the jokes where I did not like either of the takes of it, and it didn't do well both times. So that's not too bad, you know, to have one joke completely fail out of all oh, of them. That's that's good. I. I cannot imagine the the terror of thinking you might have a bad set on your album recording. I can't imagine anything worse than that. <laughs> you just you got to push it away. You know what sucked is that the, the night before I headlined uh, another show and I had a very like mediocre set, and that was not <laughs> not great for my confidence. <laughs> not a confidence building. Yeah. No. But Damn. by the time I got on stage, I could tell the audience was hot on both shows. Um, First show was completely sold out. Second show was like 60% sold, but they were very, very lively bunch. And I get to watch the openers and see how they're reacting to them. And like, so like to see the openers crushing first is like, by the time I got on stage, the, the, the worry is, is usually gone. There's always the possibility. Yeah. Cause like I said, I had a mediocre set the night before and all the openers had amazing sets. So. Hmm. Ah, yeah, that's, that's good to know the openers are crushing that that's good to know yeah that, but it was also like because the record label paid for like a film crew from edmonton to come out and put them up in hotels and the audio their own audio engineers they they got flown out they got put up in hotels so it's like a whole oh. like production damn the they're investing friend. in you yeah they're they're reve- they're inve- they're they're fronting a large portion of money that i could never front myself to make it um but they take that back when the album hopefully is profitable. So yeah, 
Nice. So, so Penticton, uh, how is Penticton is a smaller city north of Kelowna. How is Penticton doing? I've, I've seen more and more comedy happening in, Pen- in Penticton. You know what's funny is everybody wants to perform in Penticton. We have almost no shows in Vernon, which is an equal distance away on the, well, on the other end of the lake. And there's like nothing going on there comedy wise. And there's like quite a few different uh, shows in Penticton. And Penticton is just a better town than Vernon, yeah. which it just has a much better vibe. And the the reason I, I – because I've always wondered this. The reason that Penticton and Kelowna are superior to Vernon is – Vernon, I don't know who planned that city, but to not have any sort of walking uh, kind of boardwalk downtown area right on the lake. You have, you, they have two of the world's nicest lakes touching their town – their city and there's nothing to do along the shore of either of them. Yeah. It's pretty, it's a pretty weirdly planned city, Vernon. Yeah. Penticton right along the lake. There's all the bars, all the hotels. It's like, that's the nightlife and same with Kelowna right downtown. That's the nightlife. Vernon, there is no nightlife. Someone just forgot to put a nightlife in there. It is a weird town. You don't feel like laughing when you're in Vernon. That's right. <laughs> That's probably the best description I've ever heard of it. Is that it's a <laughs> town that, that that requires zero laughter. Yeah. It inspires yeah. zero laughter. It's just it feels like it's hot and desolate, even though it is technically in like smack dab in an oasis. It's very odd. Oh, driving to Vernon, you're like, holy shit! I'm driving to the promised land. Yeah. Then you get there and it's such a fucking letdown. This is the gas station for the promised land. Okay. Whereas like Penticton, I go there for fun. Like when my wife and I want to get away, just like a quick, cheap getaway for the weekend, just get an Airbnb or a hotel there. And there's plenty of bars and breweries and restaurants. Um, It's just, yeah, it's, it's a nice town. Anyways, Penticton, they showed up for me. Um, I'd like to point out, congratulate Andrew Crone. I'm looking at his YouTube special right now. He's about to hit crack 100,000 views. No shit. Are you serious? I'm serious. In less than. Wow. He's going to hit 100,000 probably today. And it's only been God 12 days. Damn. There's a lot of other comedians out there that have that. Their specials have just lost steam well before reaching that type of number. It's been fucking sailing. So congrats to that guy. I would like to point out that I left the first YouTube comment on that video. Wow. As uh, the username Anxious Sloth. Just want to point that out. (laughs) (laughs) I left a comment on one of his Instagram reels that was blowing up. It's like like 800,000 views of his Instagram reel. And it's the most, my comment is the most liked thing I think I've ever fucking put on the internet. It wasn't even a funny comment. It was just, this guy gets it, and it's got like hundreds (laughs) of likes. Oh, well, that's, if you get a comment in early enough, and it sums up how people are thinking, you're off to the races. So, anyways, I hope hope that it all ends up in, you know, financial, uh, uh, what do you call it? Luke, I hope it ends up ending up being a lucrative forum to have a popular special and a popular CD, and then also um, validation and credibility for booking road gigs. Right? Just like, hey, you oh, never heard of me? Go check out my YouTube special. Look at those views, bitch. Yeah. Um, and then come back to where it all happens, Kelowna, British yeah. Columbia. Yeah. So 
you know, I'm I'm hoping mine is uh, well received as well. But I do think that what's happening with his is a bit of an anomaly for a completely unknown comedian to get that much traction right right off the hop is is pretty sweet and pretty unlikely to happen twice. But I'm hoping hoping I can at least if you put in the work like he has done for however many years, probably well over 10. Well, he's. I think he hit ten years last year, so he's about eleven, twelve years in. That seems so. to be a big number. Is ten years? Ten years is. Up. It's funnily enough, it does seem to be the the t- amount of time it takes from going from an open micer to a headliner. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, like a legitimate one that can can hold their own with other touring headliners. It does seem to be about ten years. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what I always heard when I like before I started. I was like, "I'll do it in five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people do. Some people blow up so fast. It's like, what the hell happened? Well, who though? It's very rare. It is rare. It's usually people who are just like, for some reason, they're just incredibly they're charismatic, all, incredibly charismatic and calm. Yeah. You think of like Eddie Murphy and shit. They like that back then. I feel like guys could blow up within a couple of years of starting because it was just like there was this star making machine and stand up comedians were still like the veil of mystery was still there. Like no one knew how they were being so funny. Um, because nowadays I don't think it's all these as, ideas. I don't think you see that many people blow up and stay relevant for longer than like a week that have only been doing it for a couple of years nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's fair. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. This is a great, uh, great discussion of how people blow up in nonviolent ways. <laughs> is this the segue? I'm sensing a segue right now. I tried to segue and then I couldn't figure out how to do it. And well, <laughs> I'll accept your segue. Also, we got okay. an email at the end to read. So, okay. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so remind me of that if I don't bring it up. I'll, I'll make a note. Make a note. Um, <laughs> uh, the the topic is has nothing to do with, with violence as far as I know. Um, folk philosophy. Folk philosophy. Yeah. Folk uh, philosophy. Is that just philosophy done by people that have no education? <laughs> um. Well, no, it's it's more like uh, it's like how do what are people's philosophies that they have that they wouldn't even call it a philosophy, but it's the way they live their life according to some beliefs or like a code. Okay, well here we go. Let's try and figure out what we consider our, our life philosophy. What would could you sum up your life philosophy in a couple sentences? Um. I don't know if I could. Um, mine wouldn't be a folk philosophy because I've done too much actual philosophy. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but here, here's like a basic one um, that everyone, pretty much everyone, believes, and it's a, uh, it's about metaphysics. Okay. And pretty much everybody has the common sense belief that the external world exists. Hmm. And the way they. Uh, prove that is um like for example the way samuel johnson proved it was uh like thus i refute skepticism and then he kicked a rock How, okay what 
So right. So do you remember? Um, so there's like there's a philo- there's a like a, a a real philosophical idea that we can never really know if the external world exists. Right. Right. right so okay, Descartes yeah. is like, I don't know if I'm not dreaming. I can't yeah. tell if I'm yeah. not dreaming. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. So most people do not. That is not common sense philosophy to think like I might. I can't know if I'm not dreaming or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it came. I feel like it first came like into the mainstream zeitgeist after uh, the first Matrix movie came out. That oh, can I really trust everything I'm seeing and feeling right now? Because I don't think that was like a very mainstream. Like your average Joe would think about that before that movie came out. Yeah, exactly. That's why that movie like was so mind blowing to people because oh, it, blew, it uh... yeah it blew everybody's <laughs> minds. Like yeah. that had never thought of that before. I'm sure there's lots of like people that you know clearly that's been a discussion in philosophy for a long time. But your layman blow Joe Blow doing your plumbing probably didn't think about it from day to day. Yeah, is there really shit in? Isn't this toilet clogged all up? Or like, there is no clog. <laughs> There's no clog. Um, so there is some philosophers get caught up into common sense philosophy as well, and they uh, it doesn't always go well for them. There's a philosopher named G. E. Moore who spent a ton of his career arguing that he can prove that there's an external world. And his his big proof one one time when he finally like summed it all up was yeah. like I have these two hands, here's one on my left and here's one on my right, and no one's really convinced by that. But um, but that was his argument is that he has two hands. Well, here, here's his, here's his quote. Um, so he gives this long thing about external objects are objects whose existence does not depend on our experience. Blah blah blah, and, and I can prove it. And here's my proof quote. How? By holding up my two hands and saying, as I make a certain gesture with the right hand, here is one hand, and adding, as I make a certain gesture with the left, and here is another. Um, So he goes on, uh, I knew that there was one hand in the place indicated by combining a certain gesture with my first utterance of here, and there was another in the different place indicated by combining a certain gesture with my second utterance of here. How absurd it would be to suggest that I did not know it, but only believed it. And then perhaps it was not the case. You might as well suggest that I do not know that I am now standing up and talking. And that perhaps or after all I'm not. And it's not quite certain that I am. End quote. This is why people don't generally talk metaphysics for very long. Because it just ends up being like feeling like you're talking nonsense. Well, he's trying to talk common sense, which is the crazy thing. Like, he's trying to say, no, I really do know that there are external objects. Uh, right. But then even he eventually had to admit that he could not defeat the Cartesian skepticism, which is that you can't tell if you're dreaming or not. So he, he can't do it. Good try, buddy. What was his name? G.E. Moore. G.E. Moore. Very famous philosopher. Well, as far as philosophers go, he would have been more famous if he was successful with that argument. But uh, yeah, I mean, how are you supposed to prove something like that? Um, You can't. Uh, Yeah. So I don't know. Most people's common sense view is like it gets you through life. 
perfectly well because you can't get through life thinking that you're dreaming. Right. Because you would behave <laughs> as if you were nothing had any consequences. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's that weird thing where comp where like our, our if you apply reason to it, it stops making sense. But if you just apply like what do I need to do to get through life, then it makes total sense. Yeah. So um that's metaphysics, but there's a lot in and I put them into categories. So like uh for happiness, how to live. Um, eat, pray, love. I'd say that's a folk philosophy. That's a movie with, um, what's her face? The one that people don't think is hot, but I've always found very hot. What's her name? Fuck. Julia Roberts? No. Oh, was that Julia Roberts? No, I don't like Julia Roberts. (laughs) (laughs) Eat. I was thinking of the uh, one that everybody called horse, horse, had a horse face. Oh, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Sex in the City. Yeah. Uh, her character's name is Carrie Bradshaw. Oh, what's her name? The actor's name is Just Jessica. Sarah Jessica Parker. That's, that's the is. one. Yes. Okay. Because everyone yeah, was saying she was his... not not good looking for a while, and I was like, "Are you guys crazy?" Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. I don't think she's very good looking. Well, how about you go fuck yourself, okay? I think I, I went and saw Failure to Launch in theaters when I was like 13, and that I think so that uh, really fucking settled it for me. She's hot. Damn. She got you when you were still in the cradle. <laughs> yeah. I was very young and impressionable. Um, no, Eat, Pray, Love was Julia Roberts. Yeah, I didn't like. I don't like Julia Roberts. I never have. I don't know what the big deal is with her. Yeah, so... Anyway, Eat, Pray, Love. I haven't seen the movie. Have you seen the movie? No, but I know that it was like very popular with like sad wine moms. Yeah, well, I'm, I don't really understand the, the Eat, Pray, Love philosophy, but apparently the book is about an author. She got divorced, and then she travels around the world. And to be happy, I guess she eats, prays, and loves. Well, I suppose that's as good of a life philosophy as everyone else has. Uh, everybody's got to eat. <laughs> I mean, that one's a given. You got to eat. Yep. That's <laughs> an important part. Yeah. it's It really does not. It shouldn't take up a whole slot in your trifecta of what your philosophy is. <laughs> you might as well say eat, breathe, shit. <laughs> it's like... Okay, those were things I would have to do anyways. <laughs> Eat, talk to yourself in your head, and jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. Is that yours? Is that your philosophy? <laughs> well, I don't. I don't do the praying part or the. I don't pray to anything. No, me neither. Sometimes I do. I'm. I'm like Jesus. Like fucking kill me. Like sometimes I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> I will say in times of dire uh, desperation, I will toss up a prayer to whoever's listening. If there is something that, like that. I mean, what's the harm? I just don't believe mm-hmm. that there's a, uh, you know, maybe not necessarily mm-hmm. a uh, all encompassing deity that cares about my well-being. Mm-hmm. No atheists in the foxhole, as they say. Right, right. Fear will make a man very religious very fast. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, again, it's like, I guess like the whole, the whole praying thing is if you apply reason to it, I quite quickly see it doesn't make any sense, but clearly if people don't think about that too hard, it helps them get through life. I think not thinking about stuff too hard is literally one of the keys to happiness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. Actually not thinking too hard. Maybe that's like the ultimate folk philosophy is like, don't think too hard. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss is. Oh, that's a good one. I forgot to write that one down. That is like such a true statement in so many circumstances. What you don't know can't hurt you, essentially. I mean, it can, but it can't cause your, you mental anguish day to day. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, yeah. Yeah. Unless it's like, I don't know, like your your kid got abducted and you're like, are they alive or not? Okay. Not knowing yeah, who's killing me. Things. Yeah. You know, and like, if I didn't know that cars, like, could, I could actually go inside one and I just all I knew cars was just from seeing them driving around and then I suddenly had an epiphany oh there's people in those oh it's made for moving us around at high rates I didn't know that I've been fucking walking on my goddamn bunion feet for years okay there's obviously going to be exceptions but the point that's not when people say ignorance of bliss they know they they're they're I think that it's harder to be happy the more intelligent you are in a lot of ways or the more mm. introspective you are. Yeah. yeah. I think depression is known to correlate with intelligence. Um, yeah. I guess I used to do a joke about this way back in the day about how I think that the Jersey shore, uh, oh, gin tan laundry, another philosophy. Yes, that's what I'm <laughs> saying is that they've simplified their life down to such a, such a, such shallow waters that, I think they actually are happier than a lot of people <laughs> because they just need to tick off a couple things, right? They only need to, they only have a three item checklist essentially like, okay. They, it might they not left be out gym. eating. That's weird. Okay. But, but if you think of the Jersey shore people, they cared about, uh, their looks, uh, sexual encounters and getting drunk. And as long as they could keep accessing those three things, they were happy. Now, I don't know if that's long term. I don't know if that's going to keep them. Well, I mean, those guys, some of those guys are still fucking, they're like almost 50 and they're still living that lifestyle. Now, mind you, they're all rich and famous now. So, yeah, I think a lot of people, when they find a groove, they don't get out of it. Especially if your ignorance is ending up in like massive paychecks. Yeah, if your ignorance is rewarded, then it is definitely bliss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I guess the main thing that makes people that can, uh, that, okay, there's the people that don't look inwards, you know? They're an outwards experiencing person. They don't think about shit too much. They don't go inside themselves and think, why do I, why do I believe this? Why do I think this? What, what makes that, what makes me the way I am? I actually had a bit bit of an epiphany the other night, I think. I don't know, but I think uh, when I try to explain why I seemed to have this desire for thrill-seeking, especially in my 
the younger days, not like a skydive thing, but like I always needed to be like hyped up for something like, and then it, it like, obviously in my early twenties, that was uh, like, you know, from like 16 to like 23, I got most of my thrill out of like the party scene, right? Like going out wild nights, howling at the moon with the boys type thing. Right. And then I found comedy and I was able to kind of like channel a little bit of that into that. So like, cause I got the thrill from stand up, and I didn't need to chase it, you know, bar hopping every night. Uh, I was wondering what, what, what part of my childhood might've triggered that need for this, like something like exciting needs to happen or else I'm going to lose my mind. And I think it, Part of it might be because I went to, I grew up in a church that was always hyping. It was all about getting the congregation whipped up into this like frenzy, right? They were yeah. always promising there's something big about to happen. There's some big thing around the corner. God's going to do this crazy thing. And like the sanctuary is always full of people shaking and screaming and tongues and blowing horns and like as if like literal Jesus was coming through the roof like to save us all. <laughs> and it was like always the next thing. Like you guys got to get hyped up for this next thing because that's when God's really going to make an impact it's going to change everything and you're finally going to get what you want and feel and that was like constantly being cycled through my church when i was younger and then i think once i got to a certain age i tried to always see I, there was always this rush i was getting from someone getting hyped up about the next youth conference or something damn yeah that that, that sounds like it would have that impact you're in that environment all the time yeah, was very highly stimulated. Very highly stimulated. And I think a lot of the guys that went to that church ended up uh, becoming very like kind of like heavy partiers, as in like they always needed to be the craziest people at the party. They always need to have a story when they come back to school, you know? <laughs> uh, yep. Very, very interesting how that, that goes. That's another, yeah, people need... Uh, People do crave excitement in life. Yeah. I think that church specifically kind of trained me to want to have, there's this new next thrill is just around the corner. Right. And then I ended up, you know, pursuing that with the party life. And then now I kind of have been able to like, you know, everybody settles down. I feel like when they get into their thirties a little bit, but mm -hmm. comedy filled that void or that desire in a much more healthy way than it possibly may have ended up being later on in my later 20s mm. if I hadn't found it. Would you say that that might be, or like if you'd continue with the party lifestyle, would you say that maybe that could be an example of, uh, I guess, I don't know if it's a philosophy, but like Neil Young would say, better to burn out than to fade away? I think that, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't, because like, I know a lot of people turn to like the partying thing to like hide the fact that they're like, you know, unhappy or whatever. But I haven't, I never felt that way. I just felt like I, I guess I just felt I could never be sitting still doing nothing. Right. And there was a philosophy. If you wanted to call it a philosophy, it was, you know, you got to be the one that comes back with the craziest story over the weekend. Mm, and because that would get you more social status, basically. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. 
Interesting. You got to come home with tales of glory. Yeah, tales of glory yeah. and advent. Right, return re- return home with tales of adventure. And mm. uh, I think that oh, could that be a uh, uh, be to be a man? Uh, maybe a little bit of that. Definitely, like you you being the one that was kind of like out there living this wild lifestyle. Like well, beat them uh, in. Sorry. Well, your peers were kind of more reserved and playing it more safe. It did give you a little bit of a, I guess an aura of being like this adventurer figure. Yeah. That, that's the next one I have on here is uh be, be a man or like man up um, that kind of thing. Because I think a lot of people, or you can do the equivalent for a woman as well. Cause I think a lot of people live their life. Like how do I live according to the gender role for me? Like, how, what does a man do? Right. I'm going to live my life like a man. Yeah. That kind of thing. Definitely. That philosophy, that type of mindset is very, very strong in the trades world or the blue collar worker world. Um, and the more hardcore the trade, the more ingra- I mean, the oil patch, when I worked there, it was like, that was everybody's philosophy is don't be a pussy. <laughs> Don't be a pussy was like the creed of anyone that worked up there that I met. Mm. And how did that philosophy manifest itself <laughs> in how people handled their lives and social well, interactions and whatnot? They it definitely like they definitely it helped in a way as in you never wanted to be the guy that was slacking off because that would be weakness manifest if you were not working a hundred percent as hard as you could every long hours. They love bragging about long hours. They love bragging about never seeing their family because they're working all the time. Um, that type of stuff, being a provider, making as much money as possible, but also like you can't be accepting of anyone that's not in the same lifestyle as you. Huh? So you got to cut everyone out of your life. Like if you have a friend who has a, a cushy IT job or something, they, they, don't, they can't come. They to don't that have party. friends that don't work in the oil patch. A lot of these people. Oh, okay, got it. Right, that makes sense because they're like so they're stuck there all the time. Yeah, and even if they go and they had to go like to a retail store, they, they think that if there's a man working at a retail store, they're just too big of a pussy to handle the oil patch. Essentially. Yeah. Well. I don't want to work at the oil patch. Well, I hate to tell you, but a lot of people in northern Alberta would think you're a pussy. They would, they might fuck with me if I was walking down the street. Well, especially <laughs> if you have that fucking smirk on your face. It's not a smirk. It's like a friendly just, smile. Yeah, like. It sounds like a smirk. <laughs> it sounds like a smirk. Um, well, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's an interesting one, the be a man one, because most of the things about when they say, like, be a man, it, when it gets down to it, it has literally like nothing to do with your gender. It's just about, uh, you know, like working hard, providing for people who depend on you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it can manifest in good things. It's like I hate the term toxic masculinity, but there there's two sides of that coin. There's the uh, don't be a pussy, don't cry, don't show weakness. That that's not a good side of it, right? Yeah, that usually comes in, you know, that side of the coin often has a lot of sexism and racism attached to it, uh, depending on the, where you are in the world, I guess. 
But then there's the other side of the coin where it's like, be a man, you know, you fucked up, go own up to it type of thing. There's that side of it, right? Yeah, it's like for the the most part, it just seems like be responsible, work hard. Yeah, if you see someone that. that is in trouble, you pull over and you help them like that type of stuff. That's also kind of it's the same it's the same coin it's just the positive side of it yeah so that's so that's an interesting one for me because um like i think it's it's very interesting how the philosophy is to be a man and yet in order to accomplish the things that are listed for being a man none of them are testicles yeah <laughs> It would be kind of odd to list testicles. I mean, when you're talking about be a man, no one's asking you to like physically grow a set of nuts, although they do use that term, grow some nuts. (laughs) They do, but it doesn't mean literally grow them because you already have them if someone is telling you that. Right. And then, you know, that's the, that's the thing is anytime you show any sort of weakness or fear, they, they will ask you where your balls went. Right. Exactly. Um, again, metaphorical because they all know that you still have your balls. <laughs> yeah. The balls became and, a symbol of courage. <laughs> yeah. But I wonder, do you like if you had your balls surgically removed uh-huh. and became a eunuch? Yeah. Does that mean you can no longer be responsible, work hard, provide for people who depend on you? I don't think so. No. And I don't think I think if if say I I'd hate to keep using northern Alberta oil patch, but that's where this is like the most distilled I've ever experienced. This philosophy of be a man. I think that they would ultimately value your metaphorical manliness than your physical atomically correct manliness. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Part of me finds it hard to understand you can agree or disagree. Part of me finds it hard to understand the whole like issue people have with like transgenders who want to say like, I'm a man. Um, because it's like most of our definitions of what a man is don't involve the genitals. So sometimes it's hard for me to understand the problem, but I, the, the, the whole trans thing is like i find it very hard to understand anyone that gets super up in arms about that it's always of course it's the kids thing right they think that they're going to turn your kids trans that's that's what the that's the whole fear i don't think many people really give a shit i'm probably wrong saying this but like at the at the end of the day most people are like hey it's your life do what you want just don't hurt anyone else that's like generally most people's philosophy i would say that's a that a common sense philosophy i think for the most part i'm but i mean the common sense seems to be not so common these days but like why would i care if someone wants to do whatever with their life and their body and i'm not gonna i have no issues with it But no, obviously, really that, that you say that to someone who's super transphobic, and they'll always go bring it back to the children, right? They're trying to make our kids trans, right? Um, yeah. So you mentioned something there that was really interesting, which is like you should be allowed to do what you want as long as it doesn't hurt other people. And 
I think to a lot of people that is common sense, but I also think a lot of people would flat out disagree. Um, because well, those are usually, I mean, people that have some sort of like set of rules that they think everyone needs to follow. Exactly. Yeah. Which yeah, is like usually the four, it's ethics. like a cult or a religion or uh, yeah, it's usually some sort of cult. Yeah. Well, that, that's a good segue into the other the other areas of common sense philosophy, which are ethics. So. So for this one, uh, you know, you should be allowed to do what you want to do as long as you don't hurt other people. That seems like common sense to us now, but that was actually like a radical philosophy that only came around in like the 17 or 1800s, I think, like in a popular way where it actually like started influencing laws and stuff. Um, and that's like a lot the of main people... tenet of Satanism, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, Satanism is very different. Like Aleister Crowley, I think he said, um, do what thou wilt is the whole of the law or something like that. Okay, there's Satanism and then there's uh, based on Satan. Okay, but there's Levian Satanism. That's the other one. That's the re religion. That's the actual religion that they founded. And I think one of theirs is just is essentially do what you want as long as it doesn't hurt anyone. Okay, basic tenets. Uh, okay, nine satanic statements. Here we go. Satan rep represents indulgence instead of abstinence. Satan represents vital existence instead of spiritual pipe dreams. Satan represents undefiled wisdom instead of hypocritical self-deceit. Satan represents kindness to those who deserve it instead of love wasted on ingrates. Satan represents vengeance instead of turning the other cheek. Satan represents <laughs> responsibility to the responsible instead of concern for psychic vampires. This is on their Wikipedia. <laughs> Satan represents man as just another animal who, because of his divine and spiritual intellectual development, has become the most vicious animal of all. Satan represents all the so-called sins as they all lead to physical, mental, or emotional gratification. <laughs> <laughs> Satan has been the best friend the church has ever had as he has kept it in business all these years. Okay. Uh, here's their 11... Uh, Rules of the earth. Do not give opinions or advice unless you are asked. Do not tell your troubles to others unless you are sure they want to hear them. When in another's home, show them respect or else do not go there. If a guest in your home annoys you, treat them cruelly without mercy. <laughs> do not make That's sexual advantages, advances unless you're given the mating signal. Do not take that which does not belong to you unless it is a burden to the other person. They cry out to be relieved. That's do not steal. A couple of uh, hmm. couple of overlaps. I can, the, feel like I can see a lot of loopholes in here. But anyway, acknowledge the power of magic if you have employed it successfully to obtain your desires. If you deny the power of magic after having called upon it with success, you will lose all you have obtained. That reminds hmm. me of the unforgivable sin is saying something's not of not from God when you know in your heart it is from God. <clears throat> Do not complain about anything to which you need not subject yourself. That's a good one. <laughs> Do not harm little children. Do not kill non-human animals unless you are attacked or for your food. Or for your food. What? Gotta eat. Eat by love. Is that saying cannibalism? No, animals, right? Do not kill non-human animals. Okay, right. Yeah. Uh, all right. 
Uh, when walking in open territory, bother no one. If someone bothers you, ask him to stop. If he does not stop, destroy him. Sam, that <laughs> one's directed at you. When you're no, walking in open know. territory, you claim to not bother anyone, but people seem to bother you. Have you no, tried asking? I move asking? out of everybody's way. I move out of everybody's way, and then they move back into my way. Okay? This happens. Well, this happens then you sh- your next step should be immediately to destroy them. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot. There was a lot of changes in Levay and Satanism, but it's basically just, you know, do what you want. Don't hurt other people. Well, yeah, it sounded. I feel like I could see loopholes in there. Like, what is the mating signal? Um, what if someone doesn't know that they're giving you the mating signal? Well, I mean that. That I what think the it? mating signal. No, it doesn't say maybe what the mating, mating signal, signal is. Having a big ass. Maybe that's the mating signal. No, I think it's literally like, you know, someone saying, "Let's fuck." <laughs> okay, that would be pretty unequivocal. That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you would want to have a clearly defined mating signal if that's going to be one of your tenets. Mm-hmm. This seems like, uh, man, I don't know who would benefit from living like this. Destroy, like, treats, if a person is rude, a guest is rude, treat them without mercy. Does that mean poison them? It says treat like them cruelly and without mercy. Cruelly and without mercy. Like, yeah. Put some poison in them so they go blind or something. Now, I think there was a revision here. Yeah, pentagonal revisionism. Strict taxation of all churches. Actually, the the sins are the uh, sorry the nine satanic sins. So stuff they think you should not do are actually kind of funny. Sin number one: stupidity. <laughs> Something you have no control over. Yeah, that's not fair. This uh, is onerous. Number two: pretentiousness. Yeah, like starting your own religion isn't fucking pretentious. <laughs> Yeah, Satanism is very pretentious. Let's, yeah. Three, solipsism. I don't even know what that is. That's when you believe uh, you're in a dream and nobody else exists except as characters in your dream. Interesting. You're the only real person. So it's like main character syndrome. Yeah, main character syndrome to the point where you literally, like the people that you meet in every day, are not real. They are part of your imagination. Right. Okay. Number four, self-deceit. Number five, herd conformity. Number six, lack of perspective. Another thing I feel like isn't really your fault. These are a lot of things that would, like, don't hurt anyone else if you do them. I mean, yeah. It says these are characteristics Satanists should avoid. Uh, Forgetfulness of past orthodoxies. Oh, so if you were religious, don't forget about it? I don't (laughs) understand that. Counterproductive pride. Pride comes before the fall. Yeah. Well, there's nothing more annoying than someone that's super proud of something no one gives a shit about. Um... (laughs) And number nine is super funny to me. Lack of aesthetics. Whoa. 
So you can't just be a plain Jane looking Satanist. You got to be flashy. These are the fashion police now. (laughs) Your house needs to look like fucking Dracula lives in it. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Yeah, you have to live in a gothic cathedral or you have to wear a cape probably. Maybe they have a style guide. They have to have a style. If they're putting these restrictions on you, like you have to have style, like they have to have a Satanism style guide. Satanism. And then it's like the Old Testament. It's like your cloth has to be made from such and such. Yeah, I'm just, I'm reading through this uh, Wikipedia. And yeah, there was, I I remember now watching a YouTube documentary about uh, Satanism and how like it's split into a couple different factions. And like one of the factions went really deep into like we should fucking murder people <laughs> and then the other faction is like oh no we don't hang out with them anymore we're just out here trying to have a good time yeah i mean it seems like there's one yeah there seems like there's one offshoot of it which is like ex-christians get to have a fun religious experience uh that doesn't involve god yeah, because like, I, I think rebel. that's that's what Satanism is. It's literally just it's just it's a it's church without the spiritual aspect. It's just hey, here's a community of people that won't try and deceive you with religion. And uh, but like any sort of group where there's a figurehead or any sort of hierarchy, it gets corrupted and someone tries to fuck someone's wife. Well, I mean, yeah, and. I think also there's like, there's also like the original Satanists who were very much about, you know, sacrifice and magic, yeah, and killing, killing and stuff like that. Aleister Crowley, that kind of thing. Um, and they don't like the new rainbows and unicorns and cherry ice cream Satanism that is being pushed, and they want to get back to the to the baby sacrifices. Let's get back to the Aztec style cutting hearts out for the sun god mm, yeah that's one of the craziest body. scenes in any movie is uh in uh, apocalypto when they're cutting hearts out on the top of the pyramid oh yeah that was great great reading about uh those aztec priests and their uh speaking of like hygiene and style the the priests had very poor hygiene they didn't wash their hair so it was like a blood cape that must stink. It grew all the way down so to so bad. Yeah. yeah, it is yeah. badass. Like there's a badass element to that. Like I don't even fucking wash the blood out of my hair. It's just and your hair goes down to your ankles. Yeah, that's and it's like a matted cape of hair and blood. Uh, <laughs> it sounds it sounds pretty metal, but uh, in, in reality, <laughs> when the performance reality, is over. <laughs> When the eclipse has finally left and the sun is back and you're just you're just trying to have a meal, your blood you cape gotta mop keeps, up all the blood. <laughs> your fucking blood cape keeps getting in everybody's way and it stinks <laughs> up the hut. Oh yeah, as soon as the doors are closed, they're probably just like, I fucking hate this thing. Yeah, I gotta sleep on it. I have to sleep ah. on my blood cape. Ah, oh, you'd have to put a blanket between you and your own hair. <laughs> <laughs> It just becomes their like bed. It is their mattress. <laughs> How often do you wash your sheets? Yeah. Uh, wrong question. <laughs> yeah. Pointless. Pointless to wash your sheets. They probably slept on stone. 
I'm guessing. I think. Why is that yeah. a common thing throughout history? I feel like that, like, sp- like uh, shamans and like witches and like these spiritual figureheads. They just they have terrible hygiene. Um, I think it's because for a long time people did not know that sickness was caused by germs. Yeah, they thought sickness was like an act of God or like a bad spirit or something like that that had nothing to do with your physical body or condition. Don't you want to be clean though? Like no. I don't take showers because I think I'm going to get sick. Well, we know now that like you got to wash your hands, you got to have hygiene and stuff. But I think But my point is is like did they not feel filthy? Like even if you don't believe in germs oh. or you're unaware of it or you don't know that it gets you sick, doesn't feeling filthy make you want to take a fucking bath? <laughs> I think I don't know about hygiene. I well cuz like the their their like lack of hygiene like the 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 priests that was like a religious thing like they were not I don't think their religion would allow them to cut their that, hair off. That's what but I'm saying. Is, why is that such a common person. thing for like sh- like the religious leaders to not have good hygiene back well, in the it's day? It's not like well, I think like just for this one, it's not so much like Well well part of it is supposed to be that they're not I guess they seem more like uh they're in contact with the spiritual planes. Call it back to earlier <laughs> if they are less concerned about material appearance. And honestly, the what is more terrifying the than spirits blood love tea? a stinky shaman? Yeah, I mean, the shamans like they most of them spend all their time in trances and hopped up on fumes from cow dung or mushrooms or something. Do you think it has anything to, to do with crazy. abstinence? Like, a lot of them commit to abstinence, they're like, I'm not getting laid anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think they probably just didn't care. It was was not on their list of things to do. It was being super clean. That's so bizarre. I mean, and people might I'd, think that they're too material. They're too focused on the material world if they're always clean. I guess they might consider it vain to have a bath. <clears throat> yeah, they need to have like they need to have their face caked with the correct uh, dirt for whatever spell they're doing. Well, um, I've definitely heard like modern day hippies talk about how showering every day is bad for your, your biome or whatever. Cause you need like a certain amount of bacteria and oil covering your body. Like I know there's some truth to that. Like, bi- like being too clean is not good either. <laughs> I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone is in danger of being so clean that they don't have bacteria and oil on their skin anymore. Like you have to be working hard. <laughs> to be that clean. <laughs> I'm sure there's people that have OCD that have that are too clean. Howard Hughes was like that. Um total recluse had like an insanely hot shower or something that he would take. Right. Same with Howie Mandel. Sort of. <laughs> oh, he has OCD, sort of. I thought he had OCD or something. Howie Mandel is like super terrified of germs. He like wouldn't shake anyone's hand for years and like Right. Paulie Shore infamously, uh, notoriously tried to shake his hand. Or actually did shake his hand. Just grabbed it and shook it. (laughs) Howie was not pleased. Oh no, not Howie. (laughs) Um, Damn. Uh, Ethics. Do we have time to do one more? 
We have five minutes. Let's read that email. Oh, right. Okay. Let me find it here. Yeah, the other uh, ones I had were uh, what goes around comes around, might makes right. Those are my other two ethical folk philosophies that lots of people seem to believe. Uh, why? Okay, here we go. Uh, is this one? This better not be another Russian point. Okay, here we go. Spot. Hi, question is for the TPS podcast. I really liked your episode on conspiracy theories. I'm wondering if you could discuss a little more the reasons why people become conspiracy theorists. Possible reasons. One, to gain a sense of control because they lack... They have a severe lack of sense of control in their own lives. Two, they're plainly moronic. Three, pure ego. Also, why does it seem so often that conspiracy theorists are someone's uncle or father-in-law? Is this a largely a white male phenomenon? P.S. I think the government or aliens are hacking into your podcast, muffling Sam's microphone. Either that or he really needs to stop covering his microphone while speaking. Yeah. I listen right. to the podcast and I don't notice that, but I don't know, something to be aware of. I'm going to take this microphone apart piece by piece until I find the alien inside. Yes. <laughs> so, Guaranteed. I mean, the three reasons I think we've talked about this a few times is it's this it is this kind of it elevates their own ego, right? They know a secret that they they, they know the way the world really is and everybody else is wrong. It provides a community. I think we talked about that too. There's a built-in community, uh, so lonely people will gravitate to it. Um, it is not large. It's not only a white male phenomenon because, like, there's a lot of. Cons- I feel like the black Illuminati. communities, like yeah. that, that's like a rapper thing, right? The Illuminati. Yep. That's like a more of a black community thing, and that's more. You can tell if you tell me that a conspiracy someone believes in, I might be able to tell you if they're white, <laughs> depending <laughs> on the conspiracy. <laughs> oh, it's so it's it is pretty easy depending on the conspiracy. Yeah. Believe, yeah. If it's like totally against every bit of scientific knowledge that we know, it's probably a white guy. <laughs> right. Like flat. Uh, Earth. I don't know. I don't know. Um, if yeah, it's an anti-government, yeah. it might be a black guy. Anti-government catches a lot of people. It does. Yeah. Because everybody hates almost everybody hates the government in some way. Yeah. Um, I, I think if I could add another one, I think part of it is that when people fall into a conspiracy theory, psychologically, they experience this shift where they think that suddenly they have become sane. Yes. And they see the world without the goggles on. Right. And it's, that's they, why it's they like, like to say epiphany. They like to say everybody's share with everyone. They always use the term wake up or open your eyes. Right. People yeah, are so waking they've up. Had this, yeah. Yeah. They've had this amazing experience for, for the, from their own perspective. It felt great. It feels amazing psychologically to have that epiphany. And so they want other people to have that experience too. And so mm-hmm. they try and spread it. Um, yeah. I remember when uh, I first saw like a 9 11 conspiracy YouTube video. I was like, my mind was blown apart. I I felt like exactly what you're describing. I felt like I had just had my entire world flipped on its head. And 
I was now the one of the few people that know. And I started telling everybody about this documentary yeah. I'd seen. I was like, you guys need to know this is very important. Of course, none of it came to like because this documentary went into like Illuminati and, you know, was that uh, Obama, the road to tyranny? No, it was called Zeitgeist <laughs> Zeitgeist oh, movie. Yeah. So they went into the Illuminati and the Rockefellers was... and the 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 chips, the Rockefellers. Yeah. So I, I know exactly what it, what it feels like to be have your mind opened by a. Uh, bullshit conspiracy. Of a conspiracy theory, yeah. but i don't think i could ever get to the point where i think the world is flat there's just so much it's so obviously incorrect that i can't even i just don't understand it anyways that's our time how do you feel about that one sam uh I'm, i'll listen to it and i hope i don't sound super muffled yeah you're fine I will be in Vancouver this weekend. I don't know when we're uploading this, probably tomorrow, but I'm doing five shows in Vancouver this weekend. If you are, oh, in, damn. if you're doing, uh, what are the clubs? Vancouver, let's see. I'm doing uh, vi- a comedy vinyl, which I don't really know where the venue is, but uh, it's like you do comedy. I'm headlining that one. You do a set and then you do a karaoke song at the end. Sounds like fun. Uh, then after that, I'm doing the late, late show at comedy after dark. And then the next night, I'm doing both the early and the late show at Comedy Underground. And then on Sunday, I'm doing the 8 p.m. show uh, for the Comedy Ring. So if you uh, if you do listen to this podcast and you're in Vancouver, you could come see me do stand-up. Trying to is work your karaoke on some... pick locked in, or is that a surprise? I locked it in. Uh, care to share with the the people uh yeah it's uh everybody get up it's time to slam now we got a real thing going down welcome to the space jam nice so you can't listen to that crowd favorite also the crowd does half the work on that song come (laughs) on and slam and welcome to the jam (laughs) yeah picking a sing-along one that's a good move yeah smart so uh, I got my fucking uh, Toon Squad jersey ready to go. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Committing, committing fully. Mm-hmm. And uh, keep your eyes out for my comedy album and special in early 2024. Unless you're my immediate family, in which case you should not listen to it. All right. Bye. <laughs> awesome. Stone.